3: I
1: am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national native news and events. And as you know, Oguma, native issues are human issues, and human issues are native issues.
4: That's exactly right and a wonderful Native organization helps to sponsor this portion of the program. It is the Native American Community Development Institute and they run the All My Relations Arts Gallery on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Right now they have a wonderful dance performance by Rosie Simas dance called She Who Lives on the Road to War but there are limited in-person performances and there's only 10 days left so make sure you go to allmyrelationsarts.com and get your tickets.
1: Yeah, good call there. Hey, Ogamon, I just, you know, I, we don't do this enough, but we want to say Pinigigi to all our Patreon supporters. And we're on the Civic Media Network all over Turtle Island. And I just want to thank people. And Pinigigi means thank you and Ho-Chunk. Thank you for uh, the pleasure uh, and the privilege uh, of your time when people listen to our show. I think that's really huge. And we run into people all the time that listen to our show, Ogamon. I just want to I give a heartfelt uh thank you and um let's uh get to the news now that you don't hear anywhere else, so why don't we get with Ogema here and everyone wherever I go, Ogema asks about you, so take it away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs>
4: buzhoo, Anin, Relatives. I'm Ogama Kwe and I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota. And I have some news today. Uh, the first little bit of news I want to give you uh, is just right up uh, in line with what Robert said. Um, we really appreciate and want to say chi to our Patreon donors. And if you're interested in uh, being generous and uh, giving for the holiday season, you can go to patreon.com slash Native Roots Radio Network. And anything that you feel comfortable donating is is definitely helpful to us here and helps us to provide the great content that you hear on our show every day. So patreon.com slash native roots radio network. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about was just a little bit of a wrap up on the uh, tribal leaders summit that happened uh, this past week in, uh, wa- at the white house um, in Washington, DC. And I think what is most interesting um, there has been like a very, short window of time for this, this, um, White House Tribal Nations Summit. It was started under Obama and then between COVID and the Trump administration, things went kind of quiet. And now this year was its first year back in person um, since Obama. So there was a lot of Native people who um, came up. But I think one of the most interesting things is that um, Indian Country Today reported that uh, the youth were there and tribal leaders were there and they were saying things like you're saying we respect your treaties and then not actually respecting treaties, or you're saying that we're going to come and transition from consultation to consent, but you're not doing that. So there were uh, tribal leaders there who are really willing to talk with federal officials and say that the government is not doing its due diligence and uh, they're giving a lot of um, a lot of words without action behind them, and that is uh, really exciting. I think for me to hear about. How about you, Robert?
1: Yeah, definitely, and and it really it makes me personally uh, pause because, um, you know, we we need we talk a lot uh, about things, and we need to really walk the walk. And I don't mean you, but I'm just meaning the general you. And uh, so that's good to hear.
4: Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that tribal leaders were, you know, respectfully critical of what happens uh, at the federal level with the government and um, the diligence that's needed to ensure that uh, Native people are heard. Um, so the uh, that kind of leads me into my next thing, um, which is that there's um, – and this is from 2021, but I don't know that we've talked about this yet, so I wanted to um, make sure that we were um, – you know, aware of this, but uh, the Safeguard Tribal Objects of Patrimony Act of 2021 is passed, and the bill prohibits the exportation of Native American cultural items and archaeological resources that were illegally obtained. It provides for the return of those items including voluntary returns and establishes and increases the related criminal criminal penalties. So um, this kind of stemmed out of a uh, Southwestern tribe who had a, um, a shield that had been stolen um, a long time ago, and it turned up in an auction in Paris. So, what it means is oh. there's no exportation of Native American cultural items, which is a way that people who um, steal Native historical facts for profit um, find a way around the uh, current federal laws um, preventing people from creating non-Indigenous uh, works of crafts and other things when they're not an Indigenous person. So, this bill also requires. The the Department of the Interior and the Department of the State to each designate a liaison to facilitate and hold trainings and workshops on the voluntary return of human remains and cultural items. Many universities and museums across the country still have the remains of our relatives and cultural items within their um, their collections, I guess you could call it. And many of them are on display. And a lot of Native people, myself included... Find that really deeply disturbing. I don't know about you, Robert.
1: Well, Ogamond, such a good uh point And uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I know I don't want to cut into your segment here, but I just have a personal experience with somebody that passed away. Their father was an antique store owner for many, many years. And guess what he had? He had scalps. He had all these things uh, that Ugh. was okay to sell, you know, 30, 40 years ago um, to other yeah. people. So it just blew my mind
4: yeah well and i mean the idea of you know going into a museum and you know they're not a replica they're not um something that You know, it's not dinosaur bones, you know, it's not, although I don't necessarily believe in the treatment of the dinosaur nation in that way either, but
3: I mean, uh, you know, they're not replicas
4: and there's really no good reason for the remains of another human being to be on display in a museum um, or to be regularly used at a university level. Um, Anything that can be learned from those remains has probably, number one, already been learned uh, and number two, uh, does not need to be on display in a public setting to learn anything more from it so you're kind um, of
1: you're kind of uh, cracking yourself up about that dinosaur clan weren't you there for a second
4: i was you know we my family really enjoys it's our favorite joke from reservation dogs is the dinosaur nation and we joke about it all the yeah. time um, one more, couple more things in this uh, STOP Act is what it's called, the Safeguard Tribal Objects and Patrimony Act. Um, it's also going to require the convening of a Native working group consisting of representatives of Native tribes and Native Hawaiian organizations to provide advice on the issues concerning the return of and illegal trade in human remains and cultural items and it increases the fi- the uh, penalty for a prison term for stealing or being convicted of selling, purchasing, using for profit or transporting for sale or profit human remains or cultural items. It increases that from five years of prison time to ten years of prison time for the maximum term. So it doesn't say that there's a minimum term, but they did increase the maximum term to ten years. so that is definitely something that I'm feeling um, feeling much relief about and um, it's it says 2021 but I just i don't think that we touch base on that yet this year so I wanted to make sure to bring that up and then just a quick note here um, from CNBC the Department of the Interior is providing three tribes 75 million dollars to relocate from their coastal areas because they're at risk of destruction due to climate change the new talk village and the native village of Napakac in Alaska and the quino Indian nation in Washington state are each going to receive 25 million dollars to relocate their buildings inland and they're also uh, lining up and awarding five million dollar grants to to eight other tribes to help them plan for relocation because their tribes will need to be relocated Um, so they are on coastal areas that are at risk for destruction and flooding Um, and you know it just goes to show that Tribal nations and uh, native peoples and other people of color are historically oppressed and disenfranchised groups in the United States and are more exposed to the effects of climate change and risk. So um, while I'm happy the federal government is giving the funding, uh, it would have done a lot more to prevent this uh, climate change to begin with.
1: Hey, Pini Gigi Ogama, uh, for the news. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break here and we're gonna be with, uh, talking to the executive director of Take Action Minnesota. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us.
4: If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by, stand up, don't engage in acts of sexual violence, and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
5: health insurance that fits my budget, I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MNsure and they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage? Go to mnsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org
3: mnsure.org
2: You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
4: Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice, and I suppose in a way it's also brought to you by Take Action Minnesota because we have a guest on tonight from Take Action Minnesota, Robert.
1: Wow, what a great segue, Ogama. Hey. hey, we have the director of Take Action Minnesota, uh, Elena Farhat, and I see that she's on here and her mic's, uh, mic's muted. That's hard to say. Mic's muted. Um, welcome to uh, Native Roots Radio.
6: Hi, good evening.
1: Hey, good evening. Uh, we are all over Turtle Island here. We're on uh, 10 stations live. Across the country, and we want to support what's going on uh, coming up here and uh, first tell tell our listeners we have a lot of people all over the country listening what is take action Minnesota and then let's talk real quick about the event that's coming up
6: yeah, uh, good to be here. Glad to be heard by so many people um, in so many places. Um, Take Action Minnesota is a statewide, multiracial, multigenerational people's organization, um, bringing people together across our state to take action um, for racial, economic, and gender justice. And we really act from a place of our values. Um, We really believe in a world where everyone can live happy, full, thriving lives. Um, And we start there. And then we say, what is, what is getting in the way of that? Um, and we connect people together to, um, come together in public and make the change we need to see in our communities and in our state.
1: You know, I, I've loved your organization for a long, long time. And it just, uh, you know, when it comes to all the progressive stations we're on across the country, it really just <laughs> every bullet bullet point that what you guys do just align with us, uh, so perfectly. And, uh, It's really an honor to have you on. Um, We have a relative of yours on every Friday, and it's fun to hear her story because uh, her daughter kind of got her into politics, and now she's a state senator of Minnesota.
6: Yeah, (laughs) I think you're talking about my mom, Robert. Uh, Yes, that is right. My mom is Senator Mary Kunish, um, and she loves being on your show, and you know, I just had um, – my sister and I both had daughters this last yeah. year, first grandchildren, and they also – that's my mom's day to watch them. So it's always – the the rule, Robert, is we've got to pick the girls up or at least be there before she comes on your show so she can okay. focus. Um, and I know it's such a joy to speak with you mm-hmm. and to everyone across the, across the country. And, yes, you know, you might think, oh, or, you know – her daughter is a executive director at take action and she's a state senator and what a what a political family um but it really wasn't that way you know i got into organizing i fell into it like a lot of people just fall into it no one told me that it could be a career path but for everyone listening who who wants a job and making change it can be a career path um and and my mom um you know supported me didn't totally understand it like lots of parents of organizers and then started volunteering on campaigns i was on and uh she's incredible you know yeah. she's incredible at connecting with people and uh bringing people together and moving towards a common goal and so um when it's she crazy. was invited to run for office and get active she said yes and uh, quite the force yeah. in our state just like in our family
1: Absolutely. And what's really fun, too, on Fridays, we have dueling babies because not only your baby and your sister's baby, but Ogama has a baby, too. So they're, on the, they're all on the air. So it's a, it's a baby fest on Friday. Right, Ogama?
4: It absolutely is. My daughter's going to be uh, nine months here on the 8th. And, uh, yeah, she's on camera. She's hitting me in the microphone. Uh, <laughs> she's she's talking in the background. <laughs> it's definitely um, a lot of fun to have the young ones involved totally totally exactly they give us hope
6: you
1: know they give us hope oh definitely and uh it's always fun to run into you at different places i know i just got to give you a quick shout out when uh when i was a high school teacher as your mom was a teacher too when saint paul was on strike uh take action and the executive director was marching right next to me um and that was uh great to see you there and uh, always surprising where i where i see you but it shouldn't be surprised
6: yeah, we run into each other quite a bit, uh, but it is funny, Robert, as I was thinking about this this segment uh, and thinking about the way that workers and community are coming together um, to demand a better future. It's so funny. I went right back to that and you and I marching together, you brought your drum and you let me drum uh, and I didn't have a very good beat at the beginning, but you were patient and I got a good beat and... Um, and we marched together um, and it was just, that was a powerful moment. And I feel like the last time we marched together is really similar to the time folks are going to be marching together um, this Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really excited about having this conversation with you.
1: Well, let's, let's talk about that. What's going on this Thursday?
6: Yeah. So this Thursday uh Amazon uh, workers and community members are coming together in a in an event called Workers Rising, and probably at least 150. If the folks listening to this who are in Minnesota come, it'll be more than 150. You should totally come. Um, are coming are are uh, get gathering throughout the day to connect, build relationship, learn together, um, plan together. And then the big event is in the afternoon, all gathering at the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Shakopee um, to demand that Amazon, you know, really take responsibility for its role um, to deliver uh, for a just transition to a clean energy economy in our state and across the globe, as well as to deliver good jobs. And, you know, Amazon workers have been organizing um, in Minnesota with AWUD and, are facing and continue to face just, uh, just, you know, immoral workplace conditions, just unsafe, lots of surveillance, um, not good pay. Um, And so we're all coming together to demand that Amazon be the type of type of place that um, cares for our people, both when they are working in their warehouses and in other places, uh, as well as in our communities and, and for our climate.
1: Exactly. And they can afford all these things. And that's, uh, you know, during uh, the pandemic, they were the only people really making money and uh, uh, people uh, buying things from them. And uh, it's just we need a a fair wage and fair conditions for these people. Uh, We can't go backwards, right?
6: Right. I mean, I think the statistic is that in 2020... Jeff Bezos himself added $70 billion to his net wealth. <laughs> yes. um, and so that just puts it into some perspective of how much money we're talking about here, just an individual uh, individual man. And so um, let alone the whole company and the company continues to grow. It is the largest retailer in the country. I'm sorry, the largest retailer in the world. Um, I think it's the sixth largest company in the world. And, you know, a lot of us interface with Amazon online shopping um, or, you know, seeing the prime trucks in our neighborhoods, or mm-hmm. maybe we know folks who have worked in the warehouses. Um, but right. Amazon is much bigger than that. You know, they have this massive um, web services infrastructure, like the back end of our internet uh, and mm-hmm. infrastructure. They, they own a lot of it. And, And they're contracting with our government. Um, And so a lot of federal as well as state and local governments are contracting with those cloud services. They have the ring. You know, if any of you have a ring um, on your uh, front door, like that's owned by Amazon. And they take that data and sell it. Um, They have an Alexa. You know, so they're just, it's really everywhere. And Mm -hmm. the company has gotten to you know, when companies get so big, um, it's no longer, you know, they're no longer like your standard, it's not even like a, a big company. Like it's not, it not, we're not even talking about like, are you a small business or not? I mean, Amazon is at the size of, and with like the the consolidation of power and influence that, you know, they have as much responsibility as any of our Local and local or state entities of government to like show up and lead, and the way they operate is Im- impacting our daily lives. And so this action is really to say, like you are consolidating power and resources, and yeah. um, and that is impacting our lives. And we we have a we get to have a say in something that big with that much impact on our lives. And especially mm-hmm. when you have that much money, you got to put it to good good use um, and it, put your money where your mouth is when you're talking about. Um, you know, saving the planet and, and a just climate f- future.
1: The irony is the name of the company is Amazon. That's the irony. And this is uh, our standard oil right now. We need to break them up like all these big companies and get back to that. But we only have like a minute left. Let's talk about the event one more time so our listeners can uh, key in on that. And we'll be talking about it. Oguma and I will be talking about it for the next couple of days also.
6: Awesome. So if you go to our website, take action Minnesota, all spelled out.org, um, you can find more info. It, um, it starts, um, it's a program and rally at the Shakopee Amazon Fulfillment Center called Worker Rising. Workers and um, community members are coming together to demand that Amazon deliver good jobs, good, safe jobs in our communities, um, and that they pay. For a
1: just transition to a clean energy future in Minnesota. Wow, Peenegui for being on. Let's do this more often. Uh, yes. Really appreciate it. And uh, maybe one day we'll get you on the same day as your mom and surprise her. Ho! Oh!
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great to having you on, and we'll Thanks, we'll be Robert. talking about that uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the days up leading up to it. So Peenegui for being on, and we'll talk to you real soon. You're All listening. Right, thank to- you. Oh, uh, listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be back with Dr. Stately right after this short break. Stay with us.
4: As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer bivalent booster. The updated bivalent booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants and it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086.
1: Hey, Kuttegi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, this is Robert Pilot of Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. I'm here to ask you for your support. Finding honest, Native-centered news is not easy. But with your support, we're able to provide accurate information about Standing Rock Line 3 treaty violations and COVID-19 in our Native communities. Please visit Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon and donate if you can. That's Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon, Peenigigi, and thank you for your support.
5: Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. So come check out their pizza and wine bar, or get a treat from the bakery made fresh daily. Plus, you can still do online ordering and takeout, along with gift cards. Just go to CafeLatte.com and choose from their ever-changing selection of award-winning salads, sandwiches, and soups. Cafe Latte is located off Victoria and Grand and online at CafeLatte.com.
0: We at AM950 wanted to offer more thank you gifts for the great listeners who have become members. Brand new for 2023, AM950 has the new National Parks poster featuring photos I took at the National Parks. Members who sign up for a one-time $99.50 membership or recurring $25 per month membership will receive the brand new AM950 National Parks poster and the AM950 2023 calendar as a thank you. Go to am950radio.com, click on the tab, and become a member now. Thank you so much for supporting AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota is the season to be jolly and nothing makes me jollier than a clean home if you just had thanksgiving at home you're probably still assessing the headaches your holiday company cost to your carpets tiles and maybe even the upholstery and now you have less than a month before it's going to happen all over again call zero res today and ask for the am950 special and three rooms zero resified for just a hundred and nineteen dollars that's a fifty dollar savings And don't forget those air ducts. Take another $75 off your air duct service to get them Zero Res Clean. Also, are you looking for last-minute gift ideas? Give your loved ones a Zero Res gift card to spread the Zero Res Clean cheer. Call 952-Zero-Res or visit ZeroResMinnesota.com to schedule your appointment today and beat the holiday rush. Lastly, now is the best time to book zero ZeroRes for your year-end office cleaning and get you ready to provide your employees and patrons a clean and safe environment for 2023. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 9, Tuesday partly sunny with a high near 26, and Wednesday sunny with a high around 21. The holidays are here, and when you're out shopping, make sure you check out one of the great AM950 advertisers. Most are locally owned and operated, and some offer gift cards and certificates, which make great gift ideas for that tough-to-buy-for person. Find a full list of all of our advertisers at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. This is Winona Duke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey,
4: everyone. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I just wanted to let everybody know that this portion of the show is sponsored by MNsure or Minsure. If you're looking for affordable health insurance, make sure you go to mnsure.org to find a plan for open enrollment before the end of the year.
1: Right on. We love the support and being supported by Minsure is just an awesome thing. Hey, we're waiting for Dr. Stately and I just text him and uh, I haven't, uh, I'm not sure if he has the link or what, but Ogema, I'm wondering if you have the capacity just to bring that up again uh, about the Amazon uh, action one more time for our people that are listening
4: Yes, absolutely. So uh, this Thursday, December 8th at the Twin Cities Amazon Fulfillment Center, there's going to be a support uh event for community members and Amazon workers, asking for workers' rights and demanding that Amazon contribute to the just transi- transition and to a sustainable uh, economy and uh, good jobs here in Minnesota. Um, you can find more information at Take Action Minnesota. Minnesota is spelled out, not Take Action MN. It's org slash Workers Rising or just just go to the uh, Take Action page, and you'll see at the top it says Take Action. Um, so this Workers Rising event is a campaign that's actually led by the Amazon workers themselves, and uh, supported by Take Action to demand raises, worker safety, and a just transition. And like Elion said uh, while she was here, we just had Elion Farhat, the executive director of Take Action Minnesota, join us for a segment on Native Rich Radio. And like she said, this is. Um, There's no good reason for Jeff Bezos to not be paying his workers a living wage. He made record profits uh, in 2020 and continues to make a record amount of money with the all of the things that uh, Amazon has uh, stock in or things that we use in our daily lives. And uh, they really need to take responsibility for their impact on our climate, uh, their responsibility to treat people with respect. And uh, there's a form on Take Action Minnesota that you can fill out to let them know uh, that you'll be there on Thursday, December 8th uh, at the Amazon Fulfillment Center. And I do believe the flow of the day they're gathering at 11 AM at the MSP airport terminal Two. Blue Line station for a morning action and then uh, heading over for lunch. And then at 4 p.m., they're doing the uh, MSP1 rally with Amazon workers. So uh, make sure you go over there and get all of the details.
1: You know, I I have a lot of books, Ogama and Dr. Stately. By the way, welcome, Dr. Stately, the CEO of a Native American Community Clinic. Um, And here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, Uh, I have a lot of books. And I feel like People that are making $70 billion, especially during the year of COVID, and not helping their community. I mean, how much money can you have? I mean, they're like hoarders, too. Oh, did I just admit being a hoarder? They are hoarders, I should say. Oh, wow. Hey, Dr. Stately, We just had a, yeah. a nice guest on before you. Well, Welcome. I mean, I
2: think somebody that tries to amass billions and billions of dollars... Um, is a little bit different than somebody who tries to amass a bunch of um books and knowledge, yeah, definitely. You, it's possible you could be trying to compensate for something like a poor self esteem, but I don't think that that's what you're doing when you hoard books,
1: yeah. I think uh, I suffer from an abundance and overabundance of self esteem. I think uh, I have too um, much yeah. self esteem mm-hmm. for a person that like me should. Yeah, like you got your
2: helping and then somebody else's, too.
4: (laughs) Are you guys going to make it? (laughs) That one really got got Robert today. Dr. Staley, you're on point for the humor.
1: (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) I just rolled right with that one.
2: It's like, you know, it's... you know, it's good to have self confidence. That's what it is. It's good to have. Self-confidence. Right,
1: good, 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 and it's good to be a also good, tap good be answer humble. on live radio too. Ho wow! It's good to be humble.
2: Are hey, what our ancestors have taught us, but um, right. and all and all um, good reality. Yeah, I think like one of the things that's challenging about that conversation is that you know there was like at the in the. You know they always say like in moments of crisis there's always opportunity. So I think that right. you know some people interpret that as is like oh the world is in the middle of a pandemic let me you know become a billionaire Go. a billionaire like 19 times over right mm-hmm. um, versus like oh let me see what I can do to contribute to the improvement and the betterment of all humankind. Some people are just wired
1: differently. Yeah. Right, and well, at
2: least it really has a lot to do. But depends on
1: that. So, well, at least Rockefeller gave out dimes when he walked around and tried to buy people <laughs> off. A, you know, I mean, Standard Oil. It was another uh, big monopoly, just like uh, Microsoft. And here we are with Amazon. And um, but yeah, he liked that one. He did give out dimes. He had a film crew follow him around and. Gave out dimes to kids during the depression, or even before the depression. Oh, Doctor Staley, you accidentally uh, muted yourself, and there he goes. Hello. Yes. Go ahead.
2: Yes, I, I was going to say that it seems like you know, I don't know. I guess back then in the depression era, a dime was a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. So. When I was a kid, a dime was a lot of money. I mean, you could get like, you know, a whole handful of bubblegum for a dime.
1: Baseball was, cards yeah. were, yeah. Base, baseball cards are worth uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth a dime when I was a kid, or even a nickel. I know, right? Card. Yeah. Kind of
2: really wishing you held on to those,
1: though. Oh, huh? uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> did you? That's good. A lot yeah. of them, yeah. My mom was yeah. a collector, but that's a different show. We could start a collection, collector show or pack rat show or something like that, but. Wendy would uh not approve,
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we already know like the through the intimations and the connotations that your wife has made on you know on public radio here and <laughs> yeah. uh, on the, on the on the on the airwaves that you do have a tendency and propensity to hold on to some things
1: like those things yeah. behind you. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, I, I still haven't framed that present for you, yet, but uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if you uh, celebrate Christmas uh, as a Native man in the Native family, so I'll have to figure out when to get this to you. <laughs>
2: um, I don't necessarily celebrate that, but I do celebrate receiving of gifts. Yeah.
1: That. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, no, Dr. Yeah, hey, Dr. Staley, uh, we haven't talked a lot, and there's a lot of reports out there uh, about yeah. what's happening with COVID. You got the flu, you got all oh these gosh. other things coming yes. up. And I mean, I didn't get sick for three years because I didn't go anywhere. And I, when I did, I wore a mask. Yep. Yep.
2: Now, I the like, You know, I I think there was, like, maybe three or four shows ago that I talked about RSV. Maybe it might have been, like, in early September, perhaps. I talked a little bit about this, the potential for, like, the confluence of, like, the flu and COVID. and, And then as early as, like, August and September, we were starting to see, you know, the impact of lots of young kids returning to school. RSV was sort of kind of starting to, you know, take off. Um, And it was pretty, you could kind of see the, you could see the writing on the wall, if you looked really closely and carefully, these three respiratory things that sort of like, um, all coming together at a, you know, um, at an inopportune time could cause some real challenges for our communities and for our healthcare system. And that's exactly where we're at right now.
1: Dr. Ironically, Saley,
2: two weeks before Christmas, right? So it's like
1: three yeah. weeks before Christmas. Well, Dr. Staley, I've heard reports and uh, please uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard reports that really you need that last booster. You need a flu shot for sure. But the last booster is really what's protecting people now, not the last three or four that, uh, that uh, we had earlier.
2: Yeah. So I think one of the things that, That the last booster, I think, and there's challenges. Like, so we're talking about the bivalent booster, and I think that there's some people that are like uh, have been reluctant to get it because um, you know i've I've heard I've heard multiple multiple sort of like you know um, uh, positions from different people on the on the issue of whether I should take the vaccine or not. You know. the new bivalent booster. And I think one of the challenges is that I and I've talked to people, I was like, I've said this on this on the show before. And I, when I do talk to, like, folks and um, my colleagues or within a professional setting but even when I talk to my relatives, I'm like, you know, even if it's just I've said this even about the fluff, the flu vaccine, even if it's only going to give me 20 or 30%, um, you know, uh, or forty percent um right. uh protection like are the uh, forty forty percent of effectiveness is that you know that kind of thing like in in a situation like this i'm gonna sort of kind of go with like some percentage of protection rather than zero like i'm not a gambling man, but i'm pretty sure that I know that forty percent of something is better than zero percent of nothing. <laughs>
1: You're not a mathematician, but that <laughs> yes, I, I think
2: exactly. And I don't even play one on T V. yeah, um,
1: or radio. Uh,
2: or radio. And I know but I know enough to know that like and I think that's kinda like what I always try to tell family members is like, you know, you might not you you might not get full protection in the sense that you won't get sick from the flu, but your your likelihood to ha to be sick ten days straight with right. the flu. Um, with a horrific case of it's likely to be significantly less. Um, And COVID, of course, um, same situation. Um, I happened to got, I I happened to back in like um, late August, early September, I got the bivalent booster as soon as I was able to take it. And then also I got my flu vaccine. And, um, you know, I did that because I was sick with COVID and I had, Like I still have some scarring in my lungs and I've been having, you know, some lung issues and breathing issues on and off intermittently for the last several months. But I didn't want to take the chance that I was going to get sick again. I didn't want to take the chance that I have COVID at the same time I'd have, I'd have, um, uh, you know, for the flu. And I'm, uh, and I, and I was not, um, I was not willing to take that risk because I just didn't, I didn't want to end up back in the hospital again. I, I like my experience of being in the hospital with COVID was that that it was um, scary as heck. So
1: yeah, let's talk a little bit about that in the next segment. Uh, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio, and we're Dr. Stately, a Na- CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in Minnesota, Twin Cities, Minneapolis. We'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. <laughs> Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show?
3: How about we go to J. Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable.
1: I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret.
3: You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius. Or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jselby's.com.
1: Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at J. Selby's tonight.
3: I'm hungry. Health insurance that
5: fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MNsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org, mnsure.org.
4: Bijou. I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake.
4: Hey relatives, this portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. oh. oh.
1: Yeah. Also, this portion to- is this portion is uh also the sacred uh pack rat podcast with robert and anthony, uh, anthony <laughs> yeah. um dr Staley. Yeah. no hey so
2: we're dr more Staley and other pack rats <laughs> rat packs
1: rat packs. <laughs> yeah, rat rat yeah rat pack uh with Sinatra and well, anyways that's another show hey dr Staley, uh, you know we were just ending uh, the last segment and i wanted uh, I, w- I wanted to bring that up this segment too is that when you had COVID there was no vaccine and mm. a lot of times it was a scary, scary deal. And, uh, how quickly do we forget that? Not you personally, but just the, the public.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a certain amount of like, um, complacency that we've, we've slipped into as a, as a society, you know, and, I mean, I don't. I don't know what it's like around the world because I, you know, one, I don't travel anywhere outside of the state of Minnesota very frequently. Like, um, because I don't know if you know this or not, but it's hockey season, and when it's hockey season, like I'm anchored to the state; yeah. I can't go anywhere. Doing anything. Um, and then, um, but generally speaking, like I think across the United States, like one of the wealthiest nations in the in the world, one of the. Um, you know, we, we are a well-developed um, uh, country. We have so many resources, so much, um, you know, abundance here. And yet um, what we have not a lot of abundance in is, um, is um, you know, having clear and having clarity around um, our strategy around public health, right? Um, people are... Um, not practicing good public health strategies i think um we have many of us have slipped into sort of like this you know this um place where we're like well you know i'll be just fine because i you know um you know I don't do X, Y, and Z, whatever X, Y, and Z is going to be. And I think part of that is, is like, you know, um, the practices of not wearing masks and not socially distancing and not being really careful, like washing your hands and having good hygiene. I was reading, I was, um, is, has not served us well in this last year, right? We've actually seen um, COVID in its sort of, in its um, mutated state pass fairly quickly and rapidly between and among Groups of individuals and within communities, um, and, and actually contribute to significant amount of hospitalizations. And while we don't, we're not seeing the amount of people die that we were seeing in March of 2020, right? Or yeah. in um, late 2019, we are, um, we continue to see upwards of like 100 and some deaths a year. I mean, a day. That's, a, yeah. that's not insignificant, that's like about a half a million people. A year, right? right? And so, part of it is is like getting to be. We have to get back to the place where we begin to understand like the the benefits of practicing some very basic public health strategies, like you know, wearing masks when we're sick and we're in close in quarters with people where we're sharing space. Um, Doing things like staying home, even though, you know, we really, really want to get to the mall and buy that one thing that we think we're Mm going to die without. Um, Stay home and wait until you're well um, and well enough to be among other people. And that's a responsible thing to do. And what we're seeing, because people are not doing those things, is we're seeing flu rates significantly higher than they've been in uh, a number of years. Um, low, low vaccination rates for, for flu. Um, mm-hmm. RSV, ripping through communities. Um, the people who are the most vulnerable for RSV are those little tiny ones because they have right. little tiny airwaves. And RSV is a virus that causes the airwaves to sort of like um, uh, um, close up and have difficulty breathing because of the inflation and, and um the inflammation that happens as a result of that. And so those folks and then the much older people um, are much more vulnerable. I recently looked at stats from from the CDC and from some of the national data. Um, the overwhelming majority of people who are dying now from COVID, and there are many people that are still dying from COVID, are right. those who are over 65, you yeah. know. Um, even um, who who are the most vulnerable. And I want people to think about like what it would mean for you to have, to be sick with COVID, the flu, and maybe even possibly RSV. If you have a child or an older person living in your home or that, or that you have, there is no vaccine for RSV. There's really nothing you can do for them. It's a virus. They got to kind of ride it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's, it, it is not going to bode well if you get both
1: of those things are all three of them at the same time. And it, it's hard to, and I, I remember this as teaching school, it's hard for uh, yeah. people to keep their kids home, but they should be keeping them home when they're really sick. And you talk about masks. I just think about, you know, within a couple weeks when that judge uh, that, that Trump put in there and got rid of the a mask mandate on planes. I don't Mm. see anyone, anyone now with a mask on in the plane. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't take planes anywhere. But also
2: um, one of the things I wanted to just really quickly say is that, you Mm -hmm. know, um, there, there are a lot of people that cannot keep their children home. They have to make a decision between like, staying home with their child when they're sick or and, and not going to work and losing the money that they would make to right. like, you know, buy food, which is now seven to 10 times seven percent higher um, prices and some of those things than than they mm. were two years ago. So it's like, you know, the, the, the people, the people are not.
1: Oh, we just lost you. Dr. Stately.
4: I thought Uh, it was just me,
2: Everyone below the one percenters. So, right, you know, the people who are doing poorly, who are losing um, their homes, who are struggling with um, everyday life, the cost of everyday life and inflation, and it's just compounded by the illnesses that are going on, is that, um, you know, are the people who who didn't get wealthy during the pandemic, the people who got wealthy during the pandemic and, and had, abundance they're doing well they can ride this thing out for as long as it needs so we have tremendous inequities in our health system and a few other places as
1: well so no no yeah no that's a, a a perfect uh thing to bring up and it's it's just frightening because of that and also you know it's interesting too um what you said about 65 and over that's the first i've heard that that's uh that's really frightening um Let's get that other booster. I think a lot of people are forgetting about that booster. I thought I heard only 17% have gotten the four or second booster. Yeah,
2: only 17%, which is, like, I mean, that that is so under... And even, uh, like, about something like 34% or 24%, I think, uh, of people who... Um, normally would take the vac. There's like a 13 to 24% reduction, depending on um, your jurisdiction, like uh, of people who are not taking the flu vaccine, right? And it's, yeah. oh, one of the challenges that we have facing us as a result of the pandemic and some of the things that have been going on with the politicization of like the, the vaccines and stuff is that people have less faith and confidence in vaccines today than they had 20, 30 years ago.
1: Right. unbelievable
2: um and so it, it is it is creating a lot of vulnerability in um and in, in, in our in our in our society but it's most impactful to the people who have the least amount, amount of resources to to just meet everyday demands of living so.
1: yeah exactly thanks for uh that's a great point thank you dr stately for stopping in and giving Spreading out your knowledge all all throughout Turtle Island. Really, really, really appreciate you and what you bring to the show. Hey, uh, we need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, free Leonard Peltier now.